Hello and welcome to the Care for the Family podcast with me, Mark Chester, Stephen Hayes. All right, Mark. And Robin Vincent. Hi, Mark. Robin is our special guest today, and he's also the chief exec of Care for the Family. So we're on our best behaviour today, aren't we, Stephen? You certainly probably will be. (laughs) (laughs) And this is the Dad Cave, where we discuss fatherhood in its varying forms and unpack some of the things that often just don't get talked about. So, Robin, welcome to the Dad Cave. It's really good to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, so uh, in terms of family context, I've been married to Hannah now coming up to 23 years in December. Um, And uh, my son, Jake, is 19 and my daughter is 20. She's called Darby. And they're both away in different parts of the UK studying at the moment. So they have, in effect, left home or certainly a big way to leaving home. Excellent. Well, it's brilliant to have you here today. So thanks for for joining us in the Dad Cave. And we always start off these podcasts by telling our dad jokes. And um, Stephen and I will go first. We'll build up to your dad joke, Robin, because we know it's going to be the best one. Just as a warning to you, Stephen has started to make up his own dad jokes. This isn't. Isn't it? Is this not one of them? No, because actually, I mean, Stephen is a funny guy, isn't he? I've always said he's one of the funniest guys I know. But... um, um, and, I love uh, just how tight lips. <laughs> Robin's not agreeing yeah, with me. I just don't think that's a really good thing to say to Stephen too many times. I don't think it. Well, I think it depends yeah. on how funny how it's. it's yeah. Um, yeah. Like Joe Pesci and Goodfellas, like funny how. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'll take it. I think. Yeah, you I'll are. Take it in the spirit in which I think you meant it. And his jokes are. I mean, his jokes are sometimes very good, but often you just can't. Sometimes you just can't understand what he's going on about. Alan Turing would find it difficult to decipher some of Stephen's jokes sometimes. So let's see what he's got today. <laughs> okay. Anyway, Stephen, over to you. I accidentally passed my wife a glue stick instead of lip balm. She's still not talking to me. <laughs> oh, very good. Very that, good. That is, that's, that's I good. like that that's one, good. actually. Yeah, yeah, I do good. like that one. Right. That was more of a laugh than a groan. So, <laughs> very uh, good. Okay, it, it's better than the one I've got, to be honest. This is a classic dad joke. So why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Don't know. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Because it would be a foot. Boom, boom. Oh, yeah, no, uh, terrible. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Robin, come on, yeah. rescue us. Okay, well, I was going to uh, do a joke <laughs> on construction, but I'm still working on it. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. And I've got another one, actually, oh. uh, just to say, obviously, in my role at Care for the Family, got the opportunity to uh, meet Tim Vine, a little, uh, which was a bit of a highlight in my time at Care for the Family. Mm. And uh, this is my favourite Tim, jo- Tim Vine joke. Um, and I asked him once backstage whether he'd just do the joke for me personally. Oh, so wow. I've got this live audience of one. Audience of one. So it's this. Last year, I went on a holiday of a lifetime. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Very good. There you go. Oh, brilliant. There you go. Brilliant. Yeah, what if an experience. If you're watching Tim, thanks for that. Yeah, <laughs> best joke. Or listening. Okay, so the topic we're tackling today is letting go of our children. So, Robin, you've mentioned already you've got two children. And uh, tell us, when they left home, how did it feel? What was it like having an empty nest? Yeah. Okay, so my daughter left home or moved out of home, as it were, first I don't know if they think they've left yet. I think they probably have. Um, she moved out. And in many ways, when, when Darby moved out, it, it, it didn't feel so huge. Maybe just with, with Jake still around, it just didn't feel so huge. Darby was ready to go. It felt that she would probably agree with me there. <laughs> she was eager to go. So that was pretty straightforward. Um, when Jake left home or moved out, as it were, and he went to university, 
it was, again, we were preparing for it and I was in a bit of denial about it. I can remember driving back from when we dropped him off. Hannah said, she said, uh, I feel a little bit of my heart has been left in Exeter. So she was feeling it on the way home. I didn't really feel too emotional until I got home and I went up to his bedroom. Oh, no. Yeah. And yeah. it was, it really took me by surprise, mm. the feeling that I had in his bedroom of just loss, a little bit of aching, really. I mean, mm. you know, it was perspective on it all, of course, but it definitely felt it. And I came downstairs and I, and I said to Hannah, I just don't go into your son's bedroom after you've dropped him off, as it were. And then I did cry a bit then. Yeah. But I tried to get a grip of it, I suppose, for me at that point. Not really sure what I was going to go with it, apart from feel it. Yeah, yeah. I can only imagine it. Did it, um, what, so Derby, did she go to uni or was it just... Yeah, so Derby went to university as, as well. well. But I think a lot of, you know, the experiences that we have of where they go to university or... I don't think it's necessarily about them leaving home. I mm. think it's about them becoming emotionally independent as well as they might be physically independent or physically left. So I think when, yeah, so I think it's not necessarily just about them all going to university. It could be if they get their first job. I think their feelings can be the same or, yeah. you know, suddenly like, oh, they've gone. So it's not the same. So just for future reference. Yeah. If my girls go off to university, what should I do in the immediate aftermath? Don't go in their room. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends on, like I said, with, with, uh, with Darby, um, which is funny if she's listening to this, but I think it would be accurate to say... She was ready to go and we knew she was ready to go. So there was a kind of like, uh, you know, once we knew At she 18, was settled, yeah. 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 Once we knew she was settled wherever she was going to be, we were in a pretty good place about that. Yeah, that final one though, yeah, probably don't go in the room. But then again, you've got to confront the emotional realities, haven't you? So just yeah. know what you're going into. And it did, it took me by surprise. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think when you get home with a, a new baby and you arrive home, and we've talked about this before, Stephen, mm, yeah. and, and you, 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 you're home from the hospital, you put the baby in the middle of the room, it's like, whoa, what do we do now? You know, mm. and, and it's the same kind of feeling, isn't it? Once Because my kids are in their 20s and have, have both left home. It's the same kind of feeling, I think, when you go back to the house after you've let, mm. let them go is, well, what do we do now? And um, I'm just wondering, is there, was the differences between you and Hannah, in ha you, your wife Hannah, in how you sort of felt and, and, and approached that time? <laughs> Most definitely. Oh, yeah. When we dropped uh, Jake off, there was a huge uh, queue of traffic back to his little uh, room we were leaving him. And so I just thought, well, there's no point. You know, we're only going to drive him down there and drop him off now. We've done all the goodbye <laughs> stuff. So I said, look, we'll just pull over here and <laughs> drop him off here, which... I think it was a bit of a shock to <laughs> and uh, we, we yeah quite cold in one sense. So we were hugging him on some random street to say goodbye. So she was already feeling it and holding it together. And as I say, on the way home, she was feeling it in a really very real way. Um, whereas, of course, for me, I didn't. But I think as well, we were both um, we we'd been in our minds, and this been my you know you can prepare for it a lot longer. You're not it's not a in many ways, it's a sudden thing, but it, in other ways, it, it does slowly creep up on you. We, we've had a, uh, for a number of years, we've had a memory jar in our house every year that we put memories in throughout the year. And then at New Year's, we'd, we'd get it all out over the table and we'd look back on all the little memories we had. Well, I can remember, it must have been 
the year before Derby left or the year Derby left, the, the memory jar was still sitting there at the end of January untouched because our kids had sort of emotionally taken a step forward away from us. Mm. So you suddenly realise, oh, that's gone. And I think it creeps up on you. It, it, it doesn't, it, go, it shuts pretty quickly when it does. It, it's, it's, it's a funny thing. It, yeah. yeah. I've always grown up with dogs and it's not the same, obviously. But like every time I've <laughs> good, had good, a good dog. Comments, yeah. Steve. Well done. <laughs> every time well I've done. Had, I'm glad I employed you, Kevin, yeah. family. You've every, really got a hang of it. <laughs> every time I've had a dog and they've had to be put down, you come home and like the basket's still there. And it's, I, I, I imagine that pang is probably something that's so intrinsically related to like like a bedroom it's mm. like it mm. all happened in here we played games in here we wrestled in here all that stuff mm. yeah. and then suddenly it's like uh, so i've often i think i've said this on the um podcast before but getting back home if like one of my parents has, has got the dog and it's like the house mm. doesn't have a heartbeat anymore i imagine mm. the bedroom's probably like it's probably a similar vibe i mean mark you've done it as well what were your emotions yeah do you know leading up to it i'm not sure i was fully prepared for it in a way i don't know whether it's different being a bloke whether you, you just sort of don't expect the sort of emotional impact of, of of letting go so much but um but yeah i, I mean it, i i found it a real struggle to be honest letting go is one of the things i've found the most challenging i think um over the years is just letting go of them um but you that actual first. that so so meg yeah. left home first so she went off to well she actually went off to in her first year after school she went off to india and lived in india for six months she was Lincoln doing a. some work mm. over there that was i can remember the emotional impact that she just left school and she was and we we went to heathrow to let her go and sort of so that's not a three-hour drive like that's ah uh, it was i can remember the the uh, and, and i didn't expect it but i can almost like a panic attack in the airport Sheesh. where i had to just go into the toilets yeah, and, and yeah. gather myself because I, I just wasn't ready for this really it was did it, you have social media then as well or not um, not really the, the, no there was yeah no, no there was social media so I don't we were over 80 yeah then, yeah, so. yeah, yeah I'm, I'm only was the I'm, internet a thing yet then I'm slightly, <laughs> I'm slightly under 80 Robin <laughs> <laughs> So no, we did have we did have social media, so we were able to keep in touch. But it wasn't yeah. that easy. No. So she would have to go to like an internet cafe to get in touch. So we couldn't contact there yeah. at any time, really. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't always that easy to do it. And um, having said that, years ago, it would have been well, you would have had to wait several weeks for a letter, you know. So it, yeah. so it was still it was great to keep in touch. But I can I can still remember that feeling of panic that just struck me out of the blue at the airport. Like, whoa, I can't stop this. Oh, I'm I can't, not looking forward I can't, to that. I can't mm. do anything. Um, but the thing about it is, is that um, the sort of the bark of letting go is worse than its bite. The bite, really. So I think once, once you know, once it, you actually settle into it, there's that initial emotional impact. Then you settle into it. Is it the same with Billy? And, and you get a bit, bit more used to it. Yeah, yeah. Billy went off to. So the first time he left home was uh, uh, to university. So uh, in Dundee, and um, and and again, I, I think I recognise what you say, Robin, about. There's the, the empty house then you know it's mm, not like you mm. get back and there's another child there but actually you get back and there are no children there it's an empty house that has some a, benefits though you know so like, that's good. like you have yeah. all the cups are in the kitchen yeah, yeah. there's no little yeah. black rubber bits from astroturf all over the floor of the you know <laughs> hall there's lots of benefits to yeah. that now in my mind mentally when the kids like the kids fly the nest it's like right i'm gonna make a games room like it's that kind of like redeeming the rooms but obviously in the modern world kids don't typically go off to university necessarily get married and then you know kids often come back i myself went back home mm. for a year at 23 saving up for a house yeah. so 
Have you kept their rooms? Like how, or have you just been like, no, let's move on? Um, <clears throat> no, we've kept their rooms. In fact, we've just done some uh, decoration work on their rooms, which actually was strange. One, essentially, you think, why wouldn't you do that when they're around? But of course, it's a lot harder to move your family. If your home's not a huge, and our home's not a particularly huge home at all, um, it's very hard to make that all work and fit that into everyday life and what I call the operational years, which is very much when you've got kids that are teenagers, it is the operational years. You're just functioning sometimes. Um, so when they left, a feeling that I had... Um, which I haven't spoken about much, but I definitely know it was there, was this real desire to make rooms that would be very welcoming for them to come back to. And I mm. also wanted them to feel that it was their room still. Mm -hmm. So I think that's really important. I'm not sure quite how one decides whether they've left or not. I think they, they like to keep a little bit of a foot in the camp. It's a bit of a helpful for them. And you deep down know there's nothing guaranteed about this stuff. It doesn't quite work as in... Like Darby, of course, came back because of COVID. She came back halfway through. She didn't want to be back at that point in many ways. So mm. that was a bit harder for her. But um, So I think we, we've made an effort with their rooms or we're making an effort with their rooms to make them something that they would feel like they were home. So you haven't like put a bowling alley in there? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. no. How do you find it when they come back? Because they do come back, don't they? Yeah. I know that because yeah. the kids have left, but they keep, they keep coming back, which is, which is, is great. But, yeah. but, it's, but it's a change again to the dynamic of the household. How do you find that, Rob? Yeah, I mean, this is going to make me sound... I don't really mean it in, in, in the truest sense, but of course, as your children get older, they become a bit like... It feels like you've got house guests that are staying over more than the weekend. <laughs> and what I mean is you get suddenly you've got, you've got two adults, or we had two adults in the house now in addition to us. And you feel that, you feel that in every way because, of course, these are now adults. And so these guys are making decisions. They've got a total, a huge amount of autonomy about their lives. Mm. And you feel that house guest element is what I mean. And obviously my children, I love them dearly. So, yeah. um, so when they come back, you feel the presence of adults in your home, mm. additional to yourself. You know, your, yeah. little, your little routines, your little... <clears throat> things will be the way that you left them. You know, the TV channel will be the way you left it. The, the, I don't know if you've got some sort of music playlist like Spotify, that will be on the music you left it on. When they come back, that will get thrown up in the air a bit, doesn't it? Mm, mine permanently on Moana at the moment. So, oh, is it? Well, <laughs> yeah, well, you get that the other side, don't you? So you get that at the other end of parenting, yeah. don't you? Yeah. I missed the Rugby World Cup final because my daughter wanted to watch some programme. So it's painful, isn't it? It is. That is the one of the things you notice, actually, isn't it? When they leave home, you can get to watch what you want on TV. Yeah, and you realise how much yeah, they've dominated yeah, yeah. the television yeah, for years. They dominate a lot of things, yeah. don't they? In a good way. Yeah. It's yeah, a good it's way, a good, isn't it? But yeah. they are, yeah. it is like having... Yeah. Well, it is true, because there's two adults in the home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or however yes, yes. many adults you've got. That's true, yeah. And you want them to keep coming back, don't you? you want, yeah, yeah. You, that's, that, I mean, it's lovely. And, and uh, you know, really enjoy it. But there are mugs left all over the house. There are, it's like a whirlwind sometimes when they arrive back. And... and mm. um, but but then when that's all gone, they packed up again and gone away again. Mm. Then you, I think you, you, I certainly feel a bit of a feeling of a loss again, almost. Mm. Actually, I, I begin to miss that. Mm. You know, so it's it's the transitions I think are often more difficult in and out. I'm I'm thinking about when you start letting go because we're talking about letting yeah. go. And we're focused a bit on, on 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 older age groups when they go off to to, to work somewhere or university or mm. whatever. But I'm thinking, do we start to let go? 
at a very early stage. When is it? When do we start to let go? Uh, Stephen, you've got young children. Are you, are, you, are you letting go already? Do you feel? Yeah, I mean, we have. I, I, I think we mentioned this in a recent episode, but I think there's lots of small letting go moments, isn't there? So, you know, leaving them at crash in, in our church is like people, other people looking after them. Bye. And then just hope she behaves, hope she does us proud and doesn't have any meltdowns and all the rest of it. Um, I guess school is a, is a massive one then. Like there's all, it's all incremental, isn't it? So it's not like you go from having them with you all the time and then they leave. Like they go off to school, they suddenly get a peer group. So I'm probably have a, um, <clears throat> doing this and working for Care for the Family is probably giving me a better um, anticipation of it. I mean, early when Imogen was a few weeks old and I said, man, I'm up with her like half the night doing shifts. And you said, oh, what I wouldn't give to, you know, just have a, a night where I had Meg as a baby again, just be there and hold her. And I was like, oh man, that's, that's good perspective. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's always kind of in there for me. Um, I'm probably more self-aware than the average person would be anyway, just because of mm. what, what I do. Um, but yeah, there's, there's definitely like pangs of, ah, oh, like she's gone off to, you know, she'll be in, um, nursery next year in April and that's going to be another another thing so yeah I guess it's a it's a good system where it isn't just them with you all the time and then they leave it's like you, you get used to it I suppose is that true do you do those incremental steps make it easier going off to school having friends having a sleepover whatever it might be I, I think they do. I don't know about you, Robin, but I think they, 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 they do make it easier. But there are some, it feels like there are some very significant moments of letting go that are bigger impact than others. So going to school for the first time mm -hmm. or, or transitioning from primary school to secondary school, those where, where you're really in primary school, you can still be quite involved in their education and the social stuff around school to get to secondary school. Mm -hmm. And actually, they don't, they don't want you involved anymore. You know, and um, so there are some there are some real transitional moments, I think, where it impacts greater. How about you, Robin? How, yeah, you I think, think I think there would definitely be uh, some bigger moments. And I think there is something um, when you have those moments that you want to lean into them and, and maximize them. And that's one of the things I think I've learned is when you have those bigger moments, those are the moments you can really do stuff with your relationship with your child, however old they are, that you can't in other moments that are so small and inconsequential, you don't notice them. So maybe we can come back to that in a minute. But um, I was gonna say as well, I wonder whether when your children leave, you know, you have those moments you just talked about when they go to school the first time or mm -hmm. when they, you know, I don't know, you go out for the evening, they're babysat and they're maybe still awake or whatever. They notice it as much as you do. I think as they get older, yeah, there, there will be a pang or maybe a pang at that moment that you drive away and leave them or they've got some level of independence they've not had before when, when maybe, was it Meg, got on the plane yeah. to India. But I think there's a moment quite quickly after that where they're not thinking about you at all. They're not thinking about you at all. You know, that's they're scary, thinking about their life. You're the one that's left thinking. So there's, I think there's a preparation for them to go but there's actually a preparation for you to cope with it and realize that actually a lot of the emotional journey is you because to you to them you've just been their parent you've always been the same age the same body size roughly <laughs> they don't really think of it like that whereas as you say you know these are the ones that you've held and comforted and cared yeah. for right from the beginning and you've seen them now become people who are taller than you 
who, you know, if they're, depending on their nature, think they can beat you up or take you down or whatever, you know, in a, in a, in a play fight. So yeah. it's a total change. You see what I mean? I really identify with what yeah. you've been saying because I remember when I left home and um, I think it was a few years later and, and I was talking to my mum and she said, oh, your dad really struggled when you left home. And it was a bit of a shock to me. Yeah. Man, like, yeah. What? Yeah. I didn't give really? a moment's thought. Yeah. I never really thought part. about that. Yeah. And, yeah. and it was because, and she said, particularly Saturdays, because he used to manage football teams I played for for 10 years. And so when I, so we always spent Saturdays together playing football. And when I left home, that ended. Mm. And, and, he, and he felt you, you it You didn't even look then. back, Mark, and there your dad was. I didn't even think about it, really. Man. Never even comprehended that this would have an impact on him, which is strange, isn't it? But, mm. yeah. and, and, and then we become, we, we then find ourselves in their shoes and we sort of sometimes expect our kids to be more sensitive than we were in many ways. <laughs> yeah. But actually, that's just part of letting go, isn't it? And, 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 and them gaining some independence. I think it's those daily routines thing. that I, I, can, I can imagine missing the most. So even now, like every morning, I go and get Imogen, bring her into the room, and I'll do that with Lottie when she's out of our room. Go downstairs, make a cup of tea, bring it up. She has, Imi has warm milk, we have a cup of tea. And I don't know when that's going to stop, but like even that routine, we probably won't be doing when they're like <laughs> 10 and 12. So I, I think there's probably things in the routine, like playing football on a Saturday, that will suddenly dissipate without warning where she just won't want to come into our room in the morning so i think even with the like the routines thing i, th I imagine there's things that you just do that suddenly stop without warning did you have that at all yeah it's an interesting question that isn't it because i mean it definitely does happen there are there are, but there's always something else to take its place, it feels like almost. It feels like a bit of a True. whirlwind of childhood, True. you know, that you just kind of move on. I think when you think and reflect back on it, you realise, actually, yeah, I, I used to, like I used to write, whenever I went away with work, I would write an, a little note for the children and I'd leave it under their pillow at night and they'd, and they'd find the note and, and, and they'd read it. And sometimes I'd write them letters from um, somebody called the Story Master. So they'd send, they'd <laughs> write their stories, they'd send it off to the Story Master and he'd send something back telling them how how good it was um now when i look back at those notes they make me feel quite emotional really that, that so we could that have that fun i don't know and that's, that's why that's, i bet i was thinking about you can't remember no yeah. why your point is really good because we just slide into a different phase of life but actually now you mention it i can almost feel a sense of oh actually I, that's lost now i won't be able to do that no. well that's so that's exactly what i think with yeah. so I, I do a, a, a monthly daddy daughter date and we i take out um the girls independently um, go for a coffee, you know, and now with Amy, it's stuff like I took her to the arcade last time. She's getting a bit more uh, developed and, and can do more. And we take a selfie every single time. So I've got a selfie of her at one month, two months, three months, right through to, you know, nearly three now. But I'm so aware that there's going to be a month, uh, there's going to be a first month at some point where she's not there to take a selfie. And I'll, uh, the first month we miss, it's like... Mm. Oh no! <laughs> well, I think there are two two things with those. I think one, you do get the ones that just creep up and you don't even realise. You can't even remember when it stopped. Mm. Then there are other moments when it hits you suddenly, and you you know it's and you are really aware. So, for example, um, with my son, I played a lot of FIFA, a lot of FIFA with my son. Uh, I did try playing it a couple of times after he left. Uh, you had a cup, didn't you? What was it called? Uh, Oh, I can't remember. I can't even remember the cup name. We did used to have a cup of get a snicker, snickership. That's it. That's it. Something to do with winning it was Snickers. something to do with Snickers. But um, the thing about it was, I remember um, 
I was actually, it was, um, yeah, I remember, I think it might have been actually, I was talking to uh, Rob, obviously Rob Parsons from Care for the Family, and I was talking to him about it, and I said, oh, I reckon I've got about 18 months left of FIFA. <laughs> what I didn't know at that moment, though, was actually I only had 18 hours left. Something then happened in Jake's life where it took him and suddenly hugely distracted for a season, and FIFA just went. Man, I yeah. mean, it went in 18 hours, not 18 months. Wow. And it, it was like, it was such a shock to me. Now, actually, that huge distraction in his life just disappeared again, <laughs> you know, some months later, and FIFA came back for another season. But, <laughs> and it may come back when he comes back home. But, um, but it, you know what I mean? And that yeah. took me really by surprise, because that, that is the point that you just, it, it, it just happens like that. That's life, isn't it? Man, right. So, Rowan, every episode now, um, mm. we're starting to just to get to know our guests a little bit better. Ask a quick a series of quick fire questions. There's not many, and there's nothing there to kind of trip you up or anything. But just give us a little bit of a um, uh, a window into who is Robin Vincent. Um, have you come up with like a theme song for this or anything yet, Mark? I haven't, Stephen. I'm, I'm working on it, so bear with. That'll me. be one for series three. <laughs> All right. So, Robin, can you tell us what is your favourite song? Uh, Piano Man by Billy Joel. Right. Favourite book? This is going to shock everybody, I suspect, well, not everybody, like Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. Wow, that has shocked wow. me. Yeah. Um, okay, your favourite... That, that feels like that should be unpacked. Yeah, that, no, no, uh, well, yeah, yeah, I'd like to talk <laughs> about no, that, definitely. Have, none of this needs to have scrutiny. I'm an yeah. unashamed Pride and Prejudice fan. Wow, very good. There's lots you? of quality in that story. Can I, can I interrupt this process? Because yeah. I, I was once in a, in a group, an English literature course, and we were studying Jane Austen. And uh, it was a whole class of women and me. And I said that I thought Jane Austen was overrated. Boy, I was almost lynched. Yeah. Wow. But um, I'm feeling a bit hesitant saying it to you now, Robin, as well, to be honest. Yeah, well, yeah. You won't be coming back now, Mark. Thanks so, for that. Sorry, right. I've just ruined the quick fire no, questions, haven't I? Favourite teenage mutant hero turtle? I, I've, no, I, I, I've no idea. Don't, they never, I've never even entered my frame of reference. <laughs> Favourite TV show? <sighs> Can't really think I've got one particularly. Um, no. Wow. Yeah. Favourite actor? Tom Hanks. Favourite mobile phone provider? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, O2. Okay. Your favourite type of nut? Oh, uh, Brazil nut, I think. Mm, yeah. Good choice. Yeah. And your favourite Pride and Prejudice character? Mr. Darcy. There we go. And that wow. was the quickfire roundup. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. That was, that was a very mixed quickfire it was, yeah, and it wasn't Section. as quick as we might have hoped. No, sorry, go. that was my fault. I interjected with a story, wasn't I? I'm, I'm still reeling a little bit from the Pride and Prejudice, to yeah, be honest, and, yeah. and Mr. Darcy but as well. We are I'm finding still, that feature so. is unearthing things that we wouldn't have otherwise found yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Is, yeah, some yeah. deep so there we secrets. Go. Yeah. I'm unashamed. Yeah, it. Good. yeah, good. It's brilliant. Um, how do you bring this back on track? No, uh, <laughs> one of the things I was thinking about as we were talking was, I remember with my kids when I was teaching them to ride a bike and it was quite interesting because I taught Meg first because she's the eldest and it took weeks and I was running along, holding the saddle, um, keeping her on the bike, she'd be falling off into hedges and it was a whole long and agonizing process of teaching her to ride a bike and eventually letting go and allowing her to ride um, and then I remember a few years later taking Billy and we went down to the park because there's grass there and, and he got on the bike and taking the stabilizers off I held the saddle and I said okay let, let's go and he said dad can you let go please and I said 
son, if I let go, you'll fall off. And he was like, no, dad, I want you to let go. I was like, you sure? Because, mm-hmm. you know, it might hurt, you might struggle. He said, no, let go. So I let go, let go of the bike and off he sailed first time riding his bike. No way. Perfectly mm-hmm. balanced. It was fine. And, um, and you know what? Part of me felt some loss there as well because mm. <laughs> I thought this isn't how it's meant to be there's meant to be a bit of a struggling process of letting go it's meant to be a bit longer than this there's mm. meant to be ups and downs it's meant to be something we can we can talk about for a number of, of weeks and I, I'm just wondering whether it's it is it is different for different children and whether you've found that with with your two Robin um well I guess I probably have if I if I think about it for a bit i'm sure i have i was just thinking as you were speaking you've hit upon though a really good principle in terms of letting go it's not a one-way decision it's a it's a it's a two-way decision. it's a relationship mm. isn't it so yeah. you know you, i don't know if you covered this before on on this podcast but there's a little, lovely little way of understanding the stage of parenting you go for when you're in the letting go stage because you go from coaching really to consultant that's what happens you know certainly in those early years of them growing you become a bit more of a consultant you get called in emergencies or or whatever Mm. but when they're in the context of being more emotionally and physically dependent upon you 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 become a coach in those teenage years and I think we can often think that the decision of when that coach to consultant happens is our call like you said you know coach is you're teaching her to ride the bike mm. consultant is you're watching her and saying oh turn a bit turn a bit but they they make those decisions as well don't they mm. and actually it's our ability i think as as the parent to kind of try and spot when that is happening and and again i use that phrase lean into it and and let them begin to make those you know that that call for us a bit you know yeah. it's a bit like it goes from um I, I, I say it like this, you, you go from uh, discussing things to um, uh, another way. Of, you, you almost need to become a much more of a person when you're letting go of your children of, of, of discovering. In other words, you're asking them stuff more than mm. ever. Whereas when we're a bit younger, you're discussing stuff, coaching them, giving strong advice. When they're now gone, and I don't know if you find this now, you're, you're asking them more questions and trying to unpack stuff, what's going on by listening. Mm. It's just a different sort of process but I think you have to recognise or we have to recognise that that they choose that stage as well probably more than us yeah I think they probably do more than us you're absolutely right and you need to one needs to hear the signals from them saying "Mm, this is a consultant moment now dad not a not a not yeah. a coaching moment, Jimmy, because they're not going to use that language, obviously. So that tr- the whole transition is obviously it's it's a massive thing, and I think I would I would hazard guess that most um, dads don't think about it too much in the moment. But if there's people listening or watching this, and this would probably be helpful to get some sort of insight from both of you, what would you say to someone like me or someone with you know a kid who's ten, like in terms of? Because I bet you have times where you look back and be like, man, it was so sweet when they were just around. And there's probably some benefits now to having a bit of independence back. But what would you say to dads to make the most of those, what can be only 18 years, which is a pretty short amount of time, actually? Like, how, how do dads make the most of that time when the kids are at home? Well, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because everybody's situation is so different. And what I mean by that is... Um, some people just don't have the luxury of all the time in the world anyway, just because of the nature of the circumstances. There might be parenting alone or there might be um, 
just a particularly challenging job or mm-hmm. other circumstances. So I think it's a hard one to sort of say, oh, maximise your time with them in one sense, because I'm not sure that's it. Mm. I think, to overuse that phrase maybe, but lean into every moment, maximise the moment that you're in to as much as you can, but recognise that pretty much every moment will come to the end but a new season then begins because of course I'm still their dad now and I'll still be their dad for as long as they're around or I'm around. Mm. And I think it's really important to recognize therefore that my role now, I actually remember when they left or began leaving, I, Hannah and I talked about it and we, we had a, a, a bit of a discussion about the importance of my role now being maybe even more important than ever for them as a person to go to, as a person mm. for, for advice. So I think in, when, you're, when you're the age you're in now, you, you have to maximise every moment, re- record every memory as best you can, but recognise that every season will come to an end. Mm. And to, but, you know, as it were, grieve that, that season, but enjoy the next one if you if you yeah. have one you know i think the memory thing is massive actually because we uh, beck and i have a shared notes app hmm. um and we stick in things that like Amy has said at certain points um little phrases like what have you done now was one about six months ago all of a sudden what have you done now hmm. we're like that's hilarious like this two-year-old's coming out with um but what we don't do is record um routines and things that are like so even like you forgetting the snickers the name of the snickers cup it's like it's those little things where it's like actually that's really good stuff to record as well as the things they say because it's like oh can you remember when we used to do this because mm. I there's probably stuff I've already completely forgotten about yeah mm. it's, a, it's like a train you can't stop isn't it and, and uh, you just got to enjoy the view wherever you're at on the particular journey and you, you can keep trying to stop it but you can't and, and it's, I agree with you Robin it's just about living in the moment really isn't it and making the most of the moment mm. and, and some of those things will fall we're quite profound in the moment but will fall from the memory and you might never remember them but mm. you'll still have the impact of them on the mm. relationship because sure. you said it's all about relationship yes. isn't yeah, it yeah. and um so it's just i think it's i agree with you it's living in the moment really i'm just wondering about once the kids have gone what should you do to fill that gap almost, Robin? Is yeah. there anything, is there interest, that, particular interest that you've taken up and developed more or spent more time doing something that you never had the opportunity to do? How would you fill, you know, I'm thinking yeah. of my dad on Saturday afternoons when I'm gone and, and we're not playing football. How would you fill the gap? Yeah. Well, can I, just before I do that, just go back as well about the whole moment thing as well. A lot of the things our, our, our children remember are not the sort of magical moment where you took them to some treat or Mm. it's often other moments which are actually much more everyday life or much more some of them are actually quite difficult moments but they remember those in a more powerful way so i was only going to say sometimes we can get too caught up in the event the event or leisure or pleasure and all this kind of stuff when actually some of it is life and letting them see you walk through life and do that together um i think with the the gain as it were (laughs) is uh, obviously, again, depending on your circumstances, you, you know, anybody listening might be married or, or not married and just have a network or friendship or particular interest. You've got this incredible opportunity, really, to prepare and recognise you can, you can actually enjoy those things and you get some gain. You get some of your, I want to say, some of your life back. <laughs> I'm not sure that's freedom, necessarily yeah. some of your freedom, some of your autonomy back, some of your diary back. And, and so... For Hannah and myself, we talked about that a lot as it was coming. We 
made preparation. We knew that our, our kids we were anticipating would leave us. Um, and so we, we talked about, a lot about, about what would be left, what would remain and put what remained, as it were, into order. And so for us, we were really focused on on our relationship and our relationship and our friends and our our interests and, and the things that we were looking forward to doing. And we talked a lot about that and made preparations for that. And I think you can you can do that in advance. And I think that's a good thing, again. Because it's, it's a bit like yeah. focusing on the positives, isn't it, as well as yeah. the loss. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a really, really wise advice. Robin, we always, as we come to the end of the Dad Cave podcast, we always ask our, our guests if they could pass one thing on to their children. Um, it could be an object, it could be a, a value, a principle, it could be a, a hobby or an interest. What would it be? So what would you pass on to, to Darby and Jake? Now, I know you're a man of faith, so automatically you would say you'd like to pass on your Christian faith. Your, your favourite object might be the Bible, but, but if it, it would take those as a given. Yeah. What else would you like to pass on to your children? I think I would want to um, pass on the importance of living by values, not by expediency, not by just convenience, but living your life by values and having the courage and the confidence to be yourself and live according to those values. And I think if I could put that into my children and let them become adults with that, that would be an absolute delight for me. Yeah, lovely. Mm. And I know that you have, before we started filming today, you mentioned a poem. And yeah. I don't know whether you could just, you could just say that poem now, because I think it, was a, it would be a really lovely way to finish the podcast. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm chief executive care for the family, and so it would feel wrong not to mention a, a care for the family book, The 60 Minute Father. But at the end of The 60 Minute Father, uh, Rob speaks about the goal, as it were. And the goal is, in many ways, is the topic of conversation today. You, 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 you know, you want to enjoy your kids, and, and we know enough in Care for the Family to know not everybody uh, sees their kids become adults. But where we do, and we see our kids become adults, we want them to go, we want them to be independent, we want them to be mature, wise, and all these things. So there's this letting go process. And, and at the end of the 60-minute father, he says, our goal, therefore, is effectively to raise adults. That's really what he's saying. And the poem goes like this. It's talking about the moment, actually, it's Meg and the bike ride. Really, he's talking about teaching a daughter to, to ride a bike. And it says, tomorrow I will run behind, arms out to catch her. She'll tilt and balance wide of my reach till distance makes her small. And I'll stop and know that to teach her, I had to follow. But when she had learnt, I had to let go. And one day with my daughter, maybe, maybe, maybe not. But one day with my daughter, one day... Maybe she'll get married and there'll be another moment of letting go. And maybe again with my son, he'll get married and there'll be another moment. And there'll be other moments again and again and again and again in life, won't there? But every time it's that moment you have to stop and recognise you've got to let them go. Yeah. What perfect place to Great. finish on. Robin, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's been brilliant, been brilliant. Stephen, Wonderful. once again. Yeah. Fantastic. Thank you Thanks, for joining guys. us. And that was the Dad Cave. So thank you for listening or watching. Please join us next time.